lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. They are Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and our old friend, DC McAllister is back. She just couldn't stay away. She'll be joining us here for the Dace Group here in a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Don't forget, you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. That's steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Coming up later today, we will get to some feedback Friday. We'll get to some of the stuff that you've sent us recently at the stevedace.com inbox. But before we do so, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was. Let's say hello to our old friend DC. It has been many moons since you have been with us. Tell us in our audience what you've been up to before we get to the rundown, DC. I have been starting a new website. It's a um, religious and cultural commentary online publication that is designed to equip Christians in the culture wars. Uh, a lot of times I run into Christians and they don't know how to handle all of the situations that are going on and all the conflicts. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of bridging theology with cultural and political issues to really help educate people on what's going on, how they need to think about it, and how Christians really are to respond. That's great stuff. Well, you've Romans one, Romans one dot com, and it's really rooted in Romans one, and it's looking at everything in light of Romans one, which I know is dear to your heart, Steve. Absolutely, it's it's our it's our evergreen weather forecast in the West, no question about it. Well, it is good to have you back. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I have never seen anything like this. The building's beginning to collapse. The building is collapsing. The building just exploded. Oh my God! You got it. Get out of here. Before we go down a path of uh, blaming these people who are um, filled with pain, um, Dr. King called rioting the language of the unheard. Um, and there's no other way uh, that many people feel that they can hash out this pain because it's a pain that we feel so often. To all my white brothers and sisters, we appreciate y'all being out here and supporting us. But this is not y'all's space. I'm going to say this for the benefit of your family. I know you have young kids, for my family, and for all Americans. We should make masks mandatory in public. Just like we ban indoor smoking, because you know what? Nobody should, you shouldn't have to breathe somebody else's secondhand smoke. I shouldn't have to breathe exhaled COVID-19 in somebody's breath. So are the people there just not worried about it, Cal? Are they not worried about their own personal safety? But you can see, here, just around. Nobody's wearing them. Nobody's, uh, the there you go, including the cameraman. Yeah. Katie. Striking images. I think wearing a mask projects strength or weakness? Leadership. But it presents and projects his leadership. Presidents are supposed to lead, not engage in folly. 
and be falsely masculine. It reminds me of the guys that I grew up with playing ball. They'd walk around with a ball in their hand, but they didn't like to hit very much. So you mentioned that your family's been staying home for the past several weeks, but there were some reports that you did spend time up north. Are those reports true? My husband did go up to our place in Antrim County and raked some leaves and came home. This weekend, you were quoted in a London paper saying you believed Tara Reid, who was accused former vice president, of course, of sexual assault. But you also said yesterday in a tweet that believing survivors of sexual assault is consistent with your values. Do you still believe Tara Reid? Well, first off, let me say I plan and plan on supporting um, and helping the VP uh, Joe Biden in defeating Trump. I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. We all failed at that business, right? All the early national experts. uh, Here's my projection model. Here's my projection model. They were all wrong. They were all wrong. The amount of self-parody that is contained within that video. I mean, you didn't even include Ari, was it uh, Ari Melba? Is that his name on uh, MSNBC? Uh, Phil, she, I think. Uh, but yes, I know what you're talking the guy, about. First of all, not wearing a mask <laughs> on camera saying that these are peaceful rioters <laughs> while the building behind them is on, on fire. fire. <laughs> It's literally out of the naked gun, man. Frank Drebin. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Except it happened on national television in real time. So what was your favorite blue pill acid trip this week? DC, you may begin. Go ahead. Well, I really like the thank you, white people, for being here. But, you know, this is not your space. So step off. Let's all come together. We're all in this <laughs> anything, together. Anything dealing with masks. Anything dealing with masks, I think, is just the crazy as far as imposing it on people. All of that's just complete craziness. But these white people comment was really hilarious. The mask is the hijab of the scientism religion. One of our uh, viewers sent me an email along those lines earlier this week. I mean, it, it it's 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 what it is. It's how you. It's a symbol uh, that you, of, of, the, of the cult that you belong to. Now, the problem we have, though, is, is there's a video making the rounds now from the World Health Organization. Now, and, and I'm not sure how to take this. You and I were talking about this during the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I am, given their track record, I am beginning to think that the mask thing's legit. Because the WHO is out there telling people there's, it, there's no point to wearing masks. They don't do anything. That if you're treating somebody who's sick, you should wear one. But short of that... It, it, it's not going to stop you from getting a respiratory virus. That it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. That's the video they put out yesterday. Given their track record, I'm, I'm inclined to wonder if maybe we should all be in masks right now. No. Todd, what was your favorite this week? I, I actually got lulled into a trance by that. I forgot I was supposed to pick a favorite. There, there are so many. Um, I'm, Gretchen. Hard to stay inside the lines. <sighs> Gretchen Whitmer, it's a combination of Whitmer and uh, Governor Cuomo. The, 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 the tyranny of the experts combined with the tyranny of government and we're here to help. How Whitmer has been, you know, move over evil henchwoman and Harry Potter, I've got this, hold my beer, to now cutely talking about what her husband gets to do uh, uh 
how a different law applies to her than it does to everybody else. I mean, no, she, no, yeah, Ron, Ron, our uh, our board op in in Dallas, our producer in Dallas, made the great point of saying, "Who rakes leaves in the spring?" Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I'm wondering: Are we sure this isn't kind of like a Whitmer family? You know, when, when you get when you guys want to get away alone, the two of you away from the kids, you tell them, "Hey, we're just going up to the cottage to rake some leaves." Are we are we sure it's not like a it's not like you know Whitmer family code? I mean, you and Mrs. Erzin got to have like a code, right? Anyway, it's time to get away alone. You know, I'm sure it's not raking leaves, but you know, maybe it's I don't, I don't scuba diving. We're gonna run some laps. I mean, whatever you I, go watch some soccer. Whatever you guys do in the Erzin household. I don't like this cutesy <laughs> devil's advocate side of you, Steve Dace. You go. <laughs> Wherever you need to go, tiring this out. Get thee behind me, Satan. This entire time, soccer has been a euphemism. It's just gone over our head. I got four kids. (laughs) Now we know. All right. What about you, Aaron? Go ahead. I wasn't Uh, even done yet. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were. Go ahead, sir. Maybe I am. But Coma, that's probably that all the experts were wrong all along. And Governor Tyree, he's still locked. He's still on lockdown, but he's told you this has been nuts all along. There's a, it's why I say progressivism is cancer, and it's just been dialed up to 11 with coronavirus. There is no standard for them but the P word, power. power. Yeah. That is it. They, they will not apply a single iota of whatever line in their sand they're drawing for your life to their own. Self-awareness is not required one iota either. I don't Because in the end, it's just all about power. Period. Aaron. Uh, so, man, it's a cross between Joe Biden at the very beginning saying, if you got a problem deciding between me and Trump, you ain't black. That's, proceed, or that's you know, just maybe uh, 72 hours later, oh my goodness, a building in Minneapolis is burning. I, that... The, the juxtaposition of kind of how this last week... I wasn't sure if he saw a double rainbow oh, and how excited he sounded. Yeah. The, it's all double all the way! Yes. The, the juxtaposition of the party of civil rights and, and uh, black empowerment uh, going out there, the figurehead of that party going out there basically saying that uh, you're not black if you don't identify with the right party. And then later in the week, uh, we're burning Minneapolis to the ground. And the juxtaposition of that is just... Oh, right on the money. Right on the money. But I think my true favorite, my true favorite is Katie Turr. And Striking bless, images. Bless, bless her heart. <laughs> Seriously, bless her heart. I think she's a mom now or is expecting soon. And, you know, I, I her dad thinks that he's a woman. Um, and so she's got a hard life. But did you notice just in that little clip that long delays, part of it is the satellite and part of it is crap. We just got our pants pulled down on live television. And then the, what do I say? And then her voice just kind of falters and cracks. A striking images there. That is just symbolic to me. I'm sorry. Of just what no, happens? Of what happens when you push back and just call progressives bluff on any number? They got nothing. Um, let me resort. Let me resort to the programming rebooting, and then it's uh, we're back, we're off again. Uh, you need to wear masks, and if you're not, you don't care about grandma. It's just striking, and that little snippet there, I thought, was the most telling of that. Exit question on a scale of one to ten, with one being as ineffective and wimpy as the state is in stopping violent looting. And 10 being as forceful and committed as the state is to stopping barbers and salon owners from cutting your hair 
Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Failed state, 10. DC? Oh, we're pushing 12. I like it. We even shot past. We're like in Spinal Tap 2, Electric Boogaloo. We're at a 12. Yes. Aaron? 14. I like it. Now we're, now we're in trilogy territory. Let's get to issue two. First Japan, now Switzerland. Why not the U.S.? The country of Japan was one of the first industrialized nations to reopen its country for business in recent weeks. On May 15th, its government announced its plans to ease restrictions across the island. On Monday night, the state of emergency for the country was formally lifted after municipalities across the nation began to ease social distancing measures and business closure requests first put into place in early April. In Europe, Switzerland announced the end of their emergency orders earlier this week. Previously, Switzerland had announced they'd be reopening their borders as well. Schools in that country had already resumed classes around three weeks ago. Meanwhile, in the United States, to our knowledge, only Montana has restarted school again, and the CDC recently published guidelines for how schools are to behave when and if they get back into session. Among those guidelines are the insistence that whenever there's a positive case of COVID-19 detected in a school, staff and students should be dismissed for two to five days with the option to keep the school closed. Closed longer. The CDC also admonishes schools to cancel field trips, assemblies, canceling or modifying classes where students may be in close contact, increasing spaces between desks, staggering dismissal times, and the list goes on, all in a supposed effort to stop the spread of Wuhan coronavirus in the linchpin of reopening public schools. Japan and Switzerland, first two industrialized nations to cancel their coronavirus emergency orders, and others are discussing it as we speak. President Trump has had us under one since March the 13th. Why hasn't he lifted it? What will it take for him to cancel it? And do you think we can truly, fully get back to normal until he does? Todd, I'll start with you this time. Go ahead. Well, this is mostly just going to be thinking out loud. I I don't know enough about European media or Japanese media, but I, none I guess, of it's as bad as ours. Well, as someone that's been consuming quite a bit of it the last few months, none of it's nowhere near the toxic sludge that ours is. Well, to the degree that it is, I think it, the, this goes back to what we were talking about, you know, way before we heard of a coronavirus, the show, the script, mm-hmm. and the, our press is clearly scripted right now with an agenda. And while Trump's, it's this is paradoxical. Trump has been his best thing he's done is pull down uh, the House of Cards. That is this whole thing uh, that uh, Republicans before him were constantly getting beaten by it. Trump has shown it for what it is, but he's also addicted to it. So. I, He's like he's drawn to it in a way that he simultaneously kneecaps it, but he's controlled by it somehow as well. Uh, And it's this gravitational pull that I think he just needs to set that aside for the purposes of caring more about everything you just mentioned to set this thing up than whatever agenda he's got with the the press, its approval. I mean, you've told me before about strange addictions he has to Maggie Haberman and things like, Mm -hmm. I don't, there's just something there about that, that I think why he can't just do what seems to be really simple. You're not talking about a calculus equation. You're talking about one plus one equals two. 
it seems both in terms of public health and political right. acumen right now. Yet right. he's not doing. I think it's just that gravitational pull of the show that even though he drives it nuts, it also drives him nuts. And, I mean, Mr. President, don't run for re-election with forty million people unemployed, right? From the outside to us, that looks pretty simple. Don't be. Don't try to do that, right? But if this is your natural habitat, and we all have uh, the environments that we feel most at home in, even if there's a certain amount of drama that goes along mm-hmm. with it, right? It's hard to break free of that. Is that mm-hmm. what I hear you saying? Yeah. So we're going to get to the merits of this issue in the next segment. I want, I, I want to save the merits of the conversation for next segment. But if you're one of those people that's been frustrated as, at, at, at how he has straddled the fence here between reopen and panic porn, and, and given Fauci and Burks a camera to look into and wear a mask outdoors when it's 85 degrees, and now Fauci is telling us masks are symbolic and don't help, okay? If, if you're one of those people that's been frustrated with that, the merits of the story we'll get to later, but what now looks like is going to be a full onslaught war against the social media companies, particularly Twitter. Could that be good news where this is concerned? Because now he's, he's got a proxy, for the environment that he loves, the fight, the knuckle drag, you know, the, the, the knuckle dragon fight with the media, right? He's got a new front. So he can have that same fight mm-hmm. did, without, and, 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 but it can be in a, in a different environment. Could this be a, uh, a pleasant distraction for those of us that have been um, frustrated that he's been not leading the charge on this as much as we had hoped? You know what I'm saying? Where he rechannels his energy yeah. to this instead for the next couple of yeah. months. Victory is definitely taking these guys out, but there is a part of him that also, after I take it out, I want to be the the sun in your universe. I want I you to acknowledge to. that I Stop defeated you. That. Why won't you do that? I mean, right. Kirk, yeah. Kirk defeated the Kobayashi Maru by doing an end around. I mean, mm-hmm. it's he didn't flat out win the game. Right. That's what Trump needs to understand about this thing. You, they, they'll never let you win that game. Why do you want to win that? They're game? never gave you the vindication no. that you seek from them. Right. Okay. So what do you think, DC? What's it going to take to lift this emergency order? Because here's the other thing I should throw in as well. I think the big mistake the president made, and I've said it on this show before, the big mistake the president made here was extending the guidelines on April 1st, another 30 days. Because ever since he did that, he lost control of the narrative. And, and these blue state authoritarian governors were given now an entire month to institute a whole bunch of draconian policies that were going to take weeks and months to unravel once that process began. It, it wrecked what was left of the second quarter economically. It handed over the narrative to the panic porn peddlers, particularly Fauci and Burks, etc. He lost control of the narrative. And anything you, in, in politics, you can't ever lose control of the agenda. You can't. If you lose control of the agenda, you lose. He lost control of the agenda. And and now he's got to get it back. And I think that re getting and, and since he didn't extend those guidelines at the end of April, notice how the reopening calculus has shifted and gone swifter because now these governors can't claim, hey, I'm going by what the White House says. They don't have that protection from their own constituents now. And that's why I want him to lift the emergency order. That's the last remaining safety valve fig leaf that the White House is providing these blue states. But that, no, we need to we need to force these all of these blue state governors to defend their actions individually against their own people with no more protection on high. Well, I think he lost control of the narrative when he said, when was it? Was it in February or January where he said uh, only 10 people can gather together, no more than 10? It was early March. 
March. Early, yeah. It was yeah. really early on. Uh, you know, I think he lost it there. I mean, he lost his leadership when he didn't come out and immediately take control of the narrative rather than just spouting scientism that wasn't true. Uh, so I think that that's been kind of the mainstay through the whole thing. He hasn't really been in control. And one reason is we keep expecting or wanting Trump to be principled. Uh, he really... I, I love Trump, don't get me wrong, I'm gonna vote for him, but he is a pragmatist at heart. And he it just sees a lot of the numbers. People are still supporting a lot of these governors. I know we're seeing a lot of the protest, but I live in North Carolina and our governor is crazy, but a lot of people still support what he's doing. And I don't think Trump wants to come across as the president who doesn't care about people and protecting people um, in, in an, an environment where that's where people are demanding it. I mean, my real problem in all of this, to be honest, has not been with Trump. It hasn't been, even it has been with governors, the smaller you get, the, the more I have a problem with you. But my real problem is with my fellow Americans, because they're the ones, I think, who are really driving this. They're the ones who drove it from the beginning through the media and through social media. I don't think it's being just imposed upon them. I think that we live in a fearful, fearful time, and it's from the grassroots up. It's not just from the top down, it's both, and they're meeting and clashing and um, colliding in the middle. And so I think it's because we are in a cauldron of polarization, a fear of politics. It's an election year. Uh, Trump is trying to straddle pragmatism, you know, in how to handle these things. And, and, and we're really getting no real leadership. And I think that that's what you're seeing. I and mean, we are with the social media thing, but I think that's because it's really affected him personally. Yeah, uh, you know, he's been attacked on Twitter. He's been attacked by Twitter, haven't we all? And so, you know, I, I think that that's what's driving him in that. And, and I'm not saying that Trump doesn't care. I'm not saying that Trump hasn't done good things in this. Uh, but he has really allowed pragmatism instead of really looking at this situation and saying, what should we see be seeing our country looking like what do we want our country to look like what are our principles that we should be aiming for in whatever decision that we make we need to have end goals standards what are our ideals and our principles do we put freedom above security it's these kind of things that really should be guiding these decisions instead those things are gone and they're pragmatic and they change from day to day I think that's spot on analysis, but I think that's exactly why the president needs to lift the emergency order because of everything you just said. If the, if the if environment, pragmatic for him, he will, I mean, if he, if it's a matter of, you know, how he perceives it politically pragmatic or even scientifically pragmatic, yeah, but, that, but he can't you know. wait for the environment to say it's okay to do that. Here's why. If the, the environment's never going to say it's a chicken or the egg, the environment is never going to say it's okay for him to do it until he does. Right. Just like the environment said it was never OK to say build a wall and stop sending us your rapists and thugs until they did it. And then it was suddenly OK because he got elected doing it. He's got to he's, he's got to enforce. He's got to put himself as a force of nature in that environment, because that environment that you described, as long as that remains what is considered the zeitgeist and the sentiment, he can't win in that environment. You, you know, you know, suburban white men, women better than I do. You're one of them. They're, they're, the list of people who are going to get up on Election Day and say, you know what? I really want a politician who makes me feel safe, secure and really just has everything locked down. And that's why I'm voting Donald. Trump. That, that, that person's not doing that. That voter doesn't exist. You're voting for Donald Trump because you're like the people that get up on Election Day vote for Donald Trump are like, I want to earn my own damn life. I want my country back. I want the government to stay the hell out of my way. That's who's voting for Donald Trump. And right now, that spirit of Karen, he's got to cut a swath through that. 
That that because that will stifle him if he if he continues to obey that spirit. I don't think he can win in that environment. I'll go ahead. I'll let you come back on that, DC. Yeah, I mean, but the, he has to have a principle to, to do that. I mean, his building the wall, it was a general principle. And this, I don't see him really sitting on principles and standing on principles mm-hmm. to bring about, a, you know, an end to this. Also, I hate to say this, but there's also, a, you know, there is not a uniform support among conservatives about this issue. I meet conservatives all the time. One of my big frustrations is with conservative churches who are complying with this and who are saying, put on your masks and and who are fine with what the governors are doing. So I don't think we're as uniform on the right as we are in other issues. And it's a big mess. I do think he should just take control and lead and do the right thing and and base all his decisions on principles. But it will take a lot for him to do that inside of himself. Aaron. Well, uh, Mama always said emergency order is as emergency order does. Remember back at the beginning of 2019 when we had that uh, emergency declaration for border border security? Mm -hmm. Whatever came of that. I I think it might even still be. (laughs) Is it still in effect? Yeah. So, I I mean, the, the point is that it really doesn't i don't think it really matters whether or not we're in a a, a declared emergency or not I, I really don't think it matters because of the spirit of karen that you just talked about okay i think you can defeat that or cut swaths through that without just I, it is symbolic and maybe that helps the psyche a little bit but i don't think i think pe- people who uh, are worried about this and think that we should just stay locked down until they're a vaccine, they're not going to have their uh, their mind changed or be embarrassed or just go back to, to, to or try to go back to normal uh, by an emergency order being declared. I think the most effective thing, the most effective thing Trump could do to accomplish what you just talked about, just start doing your rallies again, man. Go go fill those minor league ballparks that are not being used right now in all of the middle America that has been probably and will be most affected by this uh, virus or by the economic impacts of this virus. I should say, go fill those go go fill those places. The optic of you going outside and speaking to crowds of people is going to do a hell of a lot more than lifting an an emergency order that nobody really, I don't think, that's not really a huge talking point, at least that I see. It could do some symbolic, um, you know, the the symbolism of lifting that could do some good, but I think the most effective thing to do, the most bang for his buck, is to actually go back out and do his rallies again. Yeah, I, I think he should be out and about in the country, outdoors, holding events yes I, I think that that would that would strike a blow for the psyche of this at the same time let's get to the exit question true or false trump will use the occasion of the july 4th weekend to end the emergency order for coronavirus that's when he's going to land the plane on the air, aircraft carrier what do you think aaron right now false todd false i think it'll actually happen sooner dc I think it'll happen later because the states are going to be clamoring for their money and they will lose it if the orders left it. So when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the social media wars. And these things are going to happen now uh, with what Twitter polled this morning on the president of the United States. They have, if he ever wanted to passive aggressive this, he's not going to be permitted to do it now. This, this, this thing is going to be seen through. This is one fight that Trump will have it will be forced to see all the way through and not deflect later 
Uh, he's going to, uh, because they've, they've, uh, they've called him out in public by what they pulled this morning on one of his tweets. And I was, um, I was looking at my Twitter feed today and I realized, you know what? Cause I saw a couple of people retweeting stuff from our buddy, Jesse Kelly down in Houston. And I'm like, I've not seen anything from Jesse like in a week or two in my feed. How's that possible? Cause he might be the only person I know on the right that tweets more than me. All right. So I went to, I went to his feed and I sit on the top of the screen there. I'm no longer following him. And so I didn't unfollow Jesse. So I sent him a note, said, Hey man, I said, I unfollowed you. I never did that. He just sent me a note back, said, Steve, I just looked up on your page and it said, I'm not following you either. I didn't unfollow you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Totes legit, bro. Totes legit indeed, right? And so now I'm wondering how many other people, how many other buddies, buddies of mine or people I know in our movement that I just haven't seen there. Because I just kind of attributed it to when you're following a few hundred people at once, there's just you're not going to be able to see everything, even if you've got it on that latest feature, you know? Sure. But now I'm kind of wondering... How many other people did I just uh, <clears throat> unfollow that I wasn't aware of? And and did I just unfollow other skeptic, coronavirus skeptics? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. Something kind of smells rotten here in the state of Denmark. A little bit. A little bit. We'll get into that and why it is important and why it's not just as simple. And I used to have this position until I did the research. It's not just as simple as it's a free market. Go start your own Twitter. What if the market won't let you do that? We'll get into all that and more as we come back for part two of the Dace Group here next. Stay tuned. Here's something you might not know about your dog's food. You know, that dry kibble stuff that you buy for your puppy that he loves. You know, there's nothing alive in it. Same thing with a lot of the food we eat. That's why we're taking so many supplements today because our food is stripped of all those probiotics and prebiotics and enzymes and nutrients and vitamins uh, so that it can be mass produced and then last on the shelf for years. Same thing happens to our pets, which is why they need a premium supplement, just like the stuff that we take. And that's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It's not a dog food, but a, a powder that you sprinkle on your dog's food. And apparently it tastes great. I don't know. I've not tried it myself, but uh, our dog at home absolutely loves it. And it can contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, even omega oils, antioxidants, everything your puppy needs to thrive again and get give it that improved joint health, mobility, digest, digestion, healthy skin and coat, etc. All right, so if you want to take the 14-day Jumpstart Challenge for your pet today, it's just $14.95 and see the difference in your puppy in 14 days or less roughgreens.com slash blaze is the website r-u-f-f is how it's spelled roughgreens.com slash blaze again that's roughgreens.com slash blaze let's get back to the day's group our weekly look at the week that was with issue three begun the social media wars have President Trump signed an executive order this week taking aim at a legal shield that protects social media companies from liability for content posted by users on their platforms. Therefore, today I'm signing an executive order to protect and uphold the free speech and rights of the American people. Currently, social media giants like Twitter receive an unprecedented liability shield based on the theory that they're a neutral platform, which they're not, not an editor with a viewpoint. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act 
to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield. My executive order further instructs the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, to prohibit social media companies from engaging in any deceptive acts or practices affecting commerce. So again, just to just to further add some clarification to what the president is talking about here. Okay, the old liability laws that we had when the social media companies began to emerge, we really weren't sure what to do with them. Uh, And so they were in this new technology and this new arena, new realm. They had not really been politicized yet. And and we didn't want to stifle the growth of the ability to communicate in this way. Plus, these are you know huge industries. They're going to employ a lot of people. So they were granted a level, a, a waiver. I think it's called two, it's stipulation 230 or two, the clause 230 or something like that. And what it does is it permits them to not have to declare whether they are a publisher or a platform. And every other venue, like the Blaze, we have to do it here. Everywhere else, you have to make this declaration because it determines what your legal liability in any given situation is, right? So for example, if, if, if people have drawn the, the comparison and well, um, you know, CNN doesn't have to do this with its comment section. Well, are they moderating their comment section? If they let anybody post anything there, then no, they don't because they're just a platform and they're not liable and they're not saying we're taking any kind of responsibility for what is being posted here under our brand. It's a free forum and you're welcome to do with it what you want. But the minute you begin, you begin to editorialize which things can be posted and which cannot. Um, you know, beyond you can't break the law. You you can't use a forum to, to commit a, a battery against someone or to threaten somebody's life, right? Beyond, beyond, be, we're talking, uh, let's have some common sense, beyond criminal law. Like I can't use a, a CNN free forum to set up my drug deal. You know what I mean? If you're, you're, you're breaking the law. Beyond that though, okay, if, if you're not breaking actual criminal law, then if you're not moderating those things, then they're just platforms and you don't have to worry about liability if someone gets their feelings hurt because of what was said or says something that was untrue. But then if you're going to decide, hey, we want to moderate those forums and those platforms and we want to be able to determine what gets access to our platform. Like we want to, uh, the, the, the New York Times doesn't have to publish your letter to the editor just because you sent it. It gets to determine whether it wants to publish it or not. And then that also means, therefore, though, if you send them your letter and it's not what you sent them and instead they make a bunch of stuff up, you get to sue them because since they're moderating it, they're not immune. The social media companies have been given the the ability to be immune from all of this. And at first it was fine because you primarily went on MySpace. you You primarily went on MySpace to find uh, young people like you, and then you primarily went on Facebook to find family members and high school friends you lost, and you primarily went on Twitter to kvetch about your favorite movie or you know your favorite sports team letting you down again this weekend, and that's changed in the last few years. These are huge political hubs and outlets now for political commentary, and, and both parties use them a lot to get their various messages out, and so now the social media companies, Facebook to some extent, although Twitter to much more, has decided that they want to have a say now in who gets deplatformed, who gets banned, and who does not. And and so, for example, I'm no fan of Alex Jones, but to this day, I don't understand why he didn't sue Twitter. Because they went out in public and they labeled him a dangerous individual. 
I mean, that, that's a that's scarlet lettering somebody to some degree, right? Yeah, saying that that what you are what what you are oper- the realm you're operating in is 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 dangerous to the community. Um, that absolutely is a is a besmirch of your reputation. I mean, I'd defend it if it was me. Okay, so now Trump is saying that they're not going to be granted this exemption anymore, which I am all for. Now. That doesn't mean, though, that the cure can be worse than the disease. We cannot institute some kind of online fairness doctrine because what will happen if we do that is it'll be used against entities like the blaze and everybody else the other way, too. Right. So the, the cure can't be worse than the disease, in my view. But this is absolutely a conversation we need to have because you can't let a few lefty social media giants in Silicon Valley get the have total control of the flow of information and your data on top of it, which they're then selling. And then you let them make billions with IPOs on your stock market that you as a taxpayer, you're paying for that to be regulated, too. And then they get to determine what opinions get to be seen and heard. Well, Steve, just go start your own Twitter. You know, we had the CEO from Parler, their competitor on here year ago go back and watch that interview and and go back and see the hoops they have to jump through to even get their app on a market because who controls whether an app shows up in the app store or not the same lefties. same lefties in silicon valley decide that they decide what whether your whether your terms of surface they even want to host your app or not they have total control a monopoly on the flow of information here trump is right to try to attack it we just got to make sure that the cure here isn't herbert hoover in okay Okay, we, we can't have we can't have, you know, Smooth Alley be the be the cure for 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 what's for the margin call on Wall Street. That's all. All right. There's some context there. D.C., you get to go first. What do you think? The cure is going to be worse because, again, it's it, all he's saying is if you're going to be a publisher, you're going to be treated the same as all the other publishers. So I, I think that at this point, we don't have anything to be afraid of. Um, it's a long-term concern, you're right, but I don't think right now. And it is definitely necessary. As someone who has been targeted by Twitter, I know. I have. I am constantly shadow banned. I know this because I have followers who, who come to me and say, I'm not getting your stuff in my feed. There's also a... a an interest tab that you can go to and Twitter gives you all the people that you're interested in. Um, I have Twitter followers who follow me all the time and I'm not on their list, even though they talk to me every day. And then someone that they interacted with once who's either an extreme right winger or liberals is in their interest list. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and so there's all, there's all this, you know, subtext and, and, and behind the scenes way that Twitter controls what you say. And then they're constantly threatening you, of course, that if you say the wrong thing, I mean, every time I go to tweet, I'm like, is this going to get me banned? I mean, often I do. I, I just, I'm like, you know, and I'm hesitant to say what I think is true because I'm afraid of the Twitter overlords. Uh, and, and this needs to be, it's not a platform. I'm monitored. I feel like I'm being watched by Big Brother every time I go on Twitter. And, and that's just not right. I mean, and I think Donald Trump is very um, good and right about going forward with this. And I hope it's handled properly by Barr and, and everyone and all the different agencies that are going to be looking into Twitter. And that I, I think that Twitter, if it comes down on them, that they have to be treated as a publisher, I think they'll pull back and be a platform again, because they will lose all kinds you of money. They will. They'll, lose, yep. they'll yep. lose what they are mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. don't. So they, they all have a choice, either become something that is not Twitter and lose all their money or comply and be what you originally said you were going to be and become wealthy again. I've drawn the analogy when we've talked about this before, Todd, but between a public utility, right? So imagine if AT&T, when it was one monstrosity before it was broken up, if it got to decide, hey, I don't like 
I don't like your viewpoints, so you don't get a phone line to communicate information to. That would have been, no one would even contemplated that they would be able to do that, right? Right. That's exactly what is happening here. That's exactly yeah. what's happening here. Yeah, and there's, it's, it trumps so nukes common sense just by his presence involved here that what several people that are on the right uh, would absolutely be agreeing with us on now they are they're clearly just disagreeing with it and going to war in defense of Twitter on this just because they hate Donald Trump which proves all the more that Donald Trump is right in doing this just this ridiculous echo chamber is created by all the people who believe in tribalism more than truth this is no different than listen restaurants there's a, a sufficient level of government it's not all small government go away government we have food inspectors investigate restaurants if you say you're selling chicken and beef it better be chicken and beef and not be a dog in replacement of that and you'd be pretty mad if you found out dog was being served in replacement of that and at twitter dog is being served in replacement of what is supposed to be a free and open platform they agreed to that this is not we're, no one's trying to bully them into anything people are trying to hold them accountable i hate the rigged game they have been getting away for it far too long people who love their little twitter verse the clicky conservative group on there you could tell that means more to them than anything their little hobnobbing there now they're defending twitter the hell with all of them trump's on the right side of this aaron quickly yeah i i think that the more i look at this what this will accomplish at the very least best case scenario there's a more equitable uh, equitable and uh liberalized social media presence where people can actually have kind of a town square voice that's the best case scenario worst case scenario is that these platforms just say yeah okay we're a platform now uh but community standards is if you're breaking the law you can't you, you know you can't be on here and we'll ban you with impunity and breaking the law will mean well if you you're Candace Owens and you encourage people to to disobey uh, the stay at home orders in Michigan, uh, you're going to be banned now. OK, um, if you if you say that uh, a, a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, uh, that's discrimination now and you're going to be banned now. You know, they will they will find out so many they, they will f figure out so many different ways in which to to connive and to get to their their way with actually controlling the space. But they are opening themselves up for lawsuits. Yeah. They are that's opening themselves. Too. That's yep. and that's what I was getting to as well. That's also a win, because then at least even if the lawsuits turn out against us, at least the lines will be it's, drawn. It's then. in the open. This mushy yes. middle. Why exactly. you live here? Yeah. Agreed. Exit question. True or false. Once Trump is out of office and can't threaten their business, Twitter will ban Trump and begin systematically banning conservatives. We'll all end up on Parler or something like that. And social media will end up every bit as balkanized as every other form of media. True or false, Todd? True. DC. Oh, true. All hell's going to break loose once a liberal gets in the White House. Aaron. True. All right, let's let's go issue four just right here off the, right here dry because we're short on time. What's something you'd like to tweet, but no, you can't without getting banned, but you can say here, Todd. But you can stay here on the you, Steve. You Day can stay show? on this show, but banned. if you tweet it, you get banned. I keep trying to find that, and they won't ban me. This is what's frustrating. <laughs> DC has, DC has has she been banned? Have you been banned? Uh, they they shadow they don't ban me. I, I say things a lot, but they shadow ban me. My tweets aren't seen. See, I don't it's think I'm big enough. You two are. Can we? we probably we all know enough. what the answer is. They're afraid. The, the, <laughs> the all answer is men cannot become women, and women cannot become men. But 
There's only two well, genders. I, I'm, but I've said that all kinds of times. May, uh, then may, I don't know. I'm not big enough, though. Okay. Right. I can tell you, if you say to a person, and, you know, um, and the, let's just be honest here, the, the two biggies that will get you banned is something to do with racism or something to do with LGBTQ, mm-hmm. RST. Why? And so, you know, if you say, especially if another person is involved, um, something like, you know, you were not, God did not make you gay, you're gay because of sin, uh, then that will put you very, either get you shadow banned or get you kicked off. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, you get to go first. Uh, I think uh, for me, I predict that Bella, my wife, and I were going to have the best time that we've ever had at the movies this afternoon. We're going to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark in IMAX here at our local theater. Uh, so that's going to be my prediction. It's really, I know I'm really going out on a limb there and going really bold, but being that, uh, being that this is the first time we can go to the theater in like almost three months... I think we're going to enjoy it. And, you, and you've never seen it, right? I've never seen it in its entirety, no. All-time favorite movie. One of my all-time favorites. Absolute classic. You bet. Todd? Uh, Minneapolis is going to uh, continue to burn uh, all weekend long. They are not going... They, they literally took a police station and burnt it to the ground yesterday, and the cops ran away. That, there's an appetite for destruction there that is unsatiated. You don't think Trump will send the National Guard? I think no, he already will. did. No, he oh, did? I think that's, uh, yeah. I, I think that's what I read this morning. Okay. The National Guard I don't, already. Okay. It's going to be a one heck of a weekend. DC. Yeah, I think the RNC is going to be ditched from Charlotte permanently. So <laughs> that's going to happen. I think Joe Biden, July Fourth weekend, will pick Elizabeth Warren as his running mate. Whatever the odds that it was going to be Amy Klobuchar, now that she was a prosecutor in this in the community and this same cop has had issues in the past and she chose not to prosecute him, I mean, she's got no chance. She may even need to look at switching political parties right now with that, with that story out there. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got no chance. So I think Joe Biden will pick Elizabeth Warren to be his running mate and it will be over the 4th of July weekend. And this will be a play because she is beloved. First of all, she's a woman, but she is beloved by left media. They love her. They remember, they're the ones that saved her the first time when sure. her campaign originally drowned in her own social awkwardness, right? And her job will be to be the face of the campaign within that, within that media group for the remainder of it. That she'll be the one that is sent in to do the Young Turks and and talk to all the and, and and Rachel Maddow and and fire up a base right now that isn't over that's inspired to beat Donald Trump but not inspired to support Joe Biden. And I can just tell you, we have plenty of experience of this on the right. You can say all you want, man, I'm I can't wait to vote against Barack Obama. If you don't want to vote for Mitt Romney, you're not beating Barack Obama. We've all done this before. We we know how this game is played on the other side, right? If you you can hate the other guy as much as you want. If you're not inspired to vote for the alternative, you're not beating him. And so Elizabeth Warren, her job will be to be both female and have Bernie Sanders' agenda to try to fire up a base right now on the left that's not fired up about Joe Biden. DC, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll come back. Feedback Friday is next year with Hour 2. Stay tuned.
And greetings back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, youtube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to get samples of this show that you can watch yourself and then share with others. One more thing, if you haven't done this yet, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast, whether that's Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, etc. The more of those we get, it helps the show to grow. I don't really know why. I'm just told that's the case. Plus, we need affirmation on this show. All three of us are just men of very low self-esteem. So give us the ego boost that we clearly demonstrate. We desperately desperately need thousands of you have sent us those five-star reviews already if you've not yet done so what's your problem i'm sorry why not we could really use your help and then if you have done so have you done it through all of your various burner accounts you're claiming you don't have and then just maybe do seven or eight more i don't know if those count but i'm willing to take that risk thank you let's get to feedback friday part one Brought to you by the classic learning test. The SAT and ACT are often thought of as simply inconvenient tests that students have to give up a Saturday to take a few times their junior and senior years. The reality, however, is that the ACT and ACT are the two most powerful forces driving curriculum in the United States. You've heard the expression teaching to the test. Well, this is what they're talking about, right? There's no question that the College Board, who owns the SAT, though, is a far-left organization. Just last year, the College Board had students reading Bernie Sanders' op-eds on the SAT. Uh, No bias there, I'm sure. The good news, though, is that there is a new company taking on the SAT and the ACT. It's called the Classic Learning Test, or the CLT. And it's been around for just over four years, and it's already been adopted by more than 200 colleges, and nearly every college will now consider CLT scores at least as a supplemental component for an application. It's shorter than the SAT and the ACT, and students now take it from the from the comfort of their own home through remote proctoring technology. The final CLT of the year, the June 20th CLT, is rapidly approaching, so With SAT and ACT canceled, the demand for the CLT has never been higher. So those seats for June 20th, they're already limited. Currently, there's less than 8,000 seats remaining nationwide. So if you know a high schooler or have one yourself, don't miss out. Save your seat and register today. Hundreds of colleges are already offering tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships for CLT scores. All right? CLTExam.com is the website. You want to register there right now at CLTExam.com for the June 20th exam. Final one of the year. CLTExam.com. Let's get to your feedback that you've sent us. And, and this was just sent to me a few minutes ago. A woman, uh, a woman sent this to me from a little girl. I want to share it with you. Her name's Emma. There were parties and trips on airplanes, and maybe my life won't be the same as before. I could have friends come play at my house, and I could go to their house. I went to school, music, dance, and tumbling, and could sit next to my friends and hug my teachers. I could go shopping with my mom and dad. Um, or in, in Grand Marie or Big Sur, but I haven't been out of my house for three months except to go biking or visit my family. I could go to restaurants and sit at a table and socialize with family and order off a fun menu. I got to color and get a kid's cup with my menu or with my meal. Now we only can get takeout or go through the drive-thru if the restaurants are even open. I got to play on the playground at the, at the restaurants and at the parks, but they've been closed too. It's hard to recognize people now because their faces are covered with masks. It didn't used to be this way. 
I miss my friends. I miss my teachers. I miss the way it used to be. If this doesn't make you mad, you're the problem. All of the things this little girl wants to have happen, they should all be happening right now. And I would take anybody on, anybody, on any format. I don't care how many degrees they have. There's very few things I'm confident very few people know more about than me. This virus would be one of them. I'd take them all on. There's not a single piece of data out there, not one, that says we had to rob this little girl's childhood for another month. Not one, or any of your children or any of mine, not one. This is trash, flat earth, garbage science that isn't even science. It's scientism. In fact, maybe we've been unfair to scientism. It's pure political propaganda. That's all that it is. That's all that it is. Pure political propaganda. And this goes back to something I said in this show months ago. We are more than a survival rate. We are not here to mark time. Your life is not measured by the amount of years you lived, but what you did with the time that you had. The most influential figure in all of human history in our earth years only lived 33 of them. Arguably the most influential figure in human history before he came along, Alexander the Great. What did he die at 25, 28, 30? What's happening here is evil. It's evil. What's being done to the childhoods of, little, of, of, of children like this little girl, Emma, is evil. There's no science behind it. I don't even think there's even scientism behind it. I think this is largely driven by the fact that we have allowed into our media and to too many of our influential cultural sectors people who hate us and our way of life. And they have influenced a sizable minority of our populace who just simply want an apocalypse to happen on Donald Trump's watch because it would affirm all of their psychoses and their cultic dogma. This is evil. I go to a note I got just a little while ago from another guy that works in the media here locally in Des Moines. He says, hey, I, I talked to the manager of my closest convenience store this morning. No one there has ever gotten sick from COVID-19. And they've been open and essential the entire time. They deal with people all day, every day, coming in and out of the store. He doesn't know of anybody at any of their nearby stores within their franchise getting sick either. You know anybody? No. What about you, Aaron? You know anybody? No. So, man, I'm not Glenn Beck or anything, but I got a fairly, I got, I got a larger than average network of associations around the country than the typical person does, right? Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, other than my mom, who's convinced as a, she's a former nurse, 
she's convinced she has this back in January. And that's what prompted our whole conversation to ask the audience about this. And then I'm still getting emails from people telling me their stories about how they're convinced they had it this winter. Other than my mom, I don't know of anybody in my network or in their networks that I've, that I've had passed on to me secondhand that has had this or suspected they had it during the time we were locked down. Everybody I have talked to that thinks they had it or suspected they had it, all had it before the lockdowns began. We don't have to be doing any of this. None of it. I love, my, I love what our governor has done. Aaron's going to the movies today because of, of what she's done. I'm going tomorrow. Love that. But she's wrong to not have all the playgrounds open right now. She's wrong. She's wrong. I love her to death for what she's done. She's been, and I've said before this began, I said, Kim Reynolds, man, could it be possible? She's like the best governor in America right now. And you look at what's going on in Iowa. We were talking about that before she even started leading the pushback on this. Right. But she's wrong. The kids should be the same impulse that said that it's okay for the kids to go back and play sports this summer as we're going to do in Iowa. The kids should be back on the playgrounds. There's, there's, there's no, this is all flat earth political propaganda all of it absolutely all of it and if you don't agree you stay in your home you wear a damn mask everywhere i don't care wear a mask in the shower i don't, I don't care that's that that you you're welcome to mask away but the rest of what is being denied this little girl and our children there's no purpose behind it nothing there's no reason for this to be happening none It's evil. That's what it is. Can I say one thing about that? Of course that? you can. Yeah. It's important because uh, when I see on Twitter a lot of conservatives, when people talk about kids and getting back to school, a lot of reaction is instantly uh, the schools suck, um, homeschool your kids. Listen, I, obviously in this room, we're big proponents of homeschool. I, 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 my wife and I considered it and went a different route. Here's the thing about that. There's all kinds of problems with indoctrination in public schools, but we we give them we just give them the game when we allow them to take what is ours. Those schools are ours. Those businesses that they call non-essential are essential because they are ours. Mm -hmm. We've got to take it all back in the name of the world we want to give. To this little girl when she's an adult it doesn't have to be this way and we concede too much it, it doesn't matter. individual choice do what you, if there's more people who homeschool after this fine but letting letting them continue to have where invariably most children will go to school when we, and there's all, all kinds of great conservative families who do send their kids to public schools for all kinds of reasons i'm just we, we we can't just make it as simple as sodom and gomorrah agreed and you're and we're gonna go do this we need to take that turf back that's an important point of, ter of order that you just made and and aaron was homeschooled all the way through yeah we homeschooled anna our oldest all the way through she graduated last year Zoe has some learning disabilities, so she'll probably have to, uh, she'd like to go to Des Moines Christian, but probably can't do it because of her disability. So she'll probably have to be homeschooled the whole way through. Noah was homeschooled until the seventh grade and he went to Des Moines Christian this year, right? So I say all of that because I'm, I'm pretty invested in homeschooling. Yeah. 
I've spoke, I've spoken about it all, all over the country, all over on my show numerous times. I've been, I've allowed my platform to be an advocate for it. Okay. I mean, one of the people I most respect and like in our entire movement, and one of the few people in our movement that I think actually likes and respects me is Michael Ferris, man. And he's like the, he's the Benjamin Franklin of American, modern American homeschooling. Okay. So with those credentials laid down, that's what's being thrown out there. Well, the kids are better off not be, that's a fault. That's a, that's a false argument. It's a red herring. Here's why. Because what are still, when those parents are educating their children at home, what's, what's the curriculum? Where's it coming from that almost all of them are using? What do you think? What do you think they're schooling their kids at home with? What are they using? What are they using? What did you guys use when your kids got kicked out of school? What are you, what are you using? Stuff from the, the, the school. District, yeah. You're still you're using the same stuff. Yeah. Okay. So this is the worst of both worlds now, which is we're still going to feed our kids what's going through the, the, the government school system, the same indoctrination. We're just going to do it at home. But all the other stuff they provide, that is a, that's an actual benefit. The group activities, the socialization, the competition of the sports world and, and who sits first chair and band and who gets the solos in, in our town and Greece and in the choir, all, all the other stuff, where, uh, all the stuff where invaluable, see, because what, what's the reason we sent Noah to Des Moines Christian? In the end, he had competitive needs that we could not meet. As a, as a young man, he had competitive needs we could not meet. And a corporate learning environment could. That's why we made that decision. So this is the worst of both worlds. We are still going to inject this into the, into the, into the jet stream of our kids, the, the, the curriculum. They still get taught the same curriculum. But then all the other stuff that, could, that goes on in that environment, that where life lessons are learned, where discipline is built, where competition is mustered, all of those other things are denied. So this is the worst of both worlds. They're getting all of the programming without any of the benefit. You know, similar to how we get called all the same names, for voting Republican, and then when we elect them, they don't do what we wanted them to do, and yet we're still all racist anyway, right? So we get all of the backlash and none of the benefit. That's like every Daniel Horowitz rant for the last five years I've heard. Is, is that That's his core lament in life, is that we get on the right, we get all the backlash of being conservatives and Republicans, and then like never the benefit of it. Well, that's what's going on here. The kids are still being, they're still getting their curriculum into your kid's head. That's what most of them are being taught. But then all the stuff that would go on that would help them become independent human beings beyond that. That's the stuff that's taken away. Maybe now you know why they're not in a hurry to go back. Maybe now you know why the educrats are like, oh, I don't know. We got we to gotta stay out. Man. Can't send the kids back until there's a vaccine. They've got the best of both worlds. They don't have to, they don't have to watch your little rug rat. You're doing that for them now. You're still injecting the toxic sludge of their curriculum into your kid's mind. And now the good stuff that goes on there, the community stuff that's built, the, the relationships that are made, the values that are forged in competitive environments, you know, the stuff that they would actually learn being on the high school football team or on the, on the, on the cheerleading squad that would, you know, get them to think and act independently, that, that, all that's gone. And now they're just in front of a screen, nodding their head, yes, to whatever's being sent their way. Now you know why the educrats don't want to reopen. They got rid of all the stuff about their own education environment they hated and got to retain the real reason they got into this, to program your kids. 
So that's a dumb argument. What's being done is government school. It's not, they're not being homeschooled. Government schooling is being done at home. And then the stuff that your kids get to remember a lot longer in life than, uh, you know, uh, trig, trig three, you know, the girl that he, that he got, he, he got the, the, the courage to ask out the, 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 the team that he decided, you know what, I'm going to risk it and cut and try out for it. The solo that she decided, you know what, I've worked so hard at it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to put myself out there and sing in front of other people and overcome my fear. All, see, that's all the stuff that, that's the, those are the lessons they're going to learn the rest of their lives that are hard to emulate in a home environment. Trust me, I've been a part of it for years. Tried it. It's not impossible. It's hard. But those are the lessons they're going to take with them well into their adult years. That's all the stuff that's been taken away. The programming all remains. Reese writes, you, you, you okay with that? I'm good. Right. Reese writes, every time your HVAC system kicks in, it's really loud and distracting on the podcast. I love this segue. I'm a freedom, I'm freedom, I'm a freedom loving, but totally religious agnostic Canadian and love listening to your show. Keep up the good work. That's like your pansexual vegan lizard person, right? Yeah. yeah totally well religious agnostic Canadian. I mm -hmm. love that. Dude, that's a name for a band. So we've got backdoor cover, non-essential employee, okay? And now totally religious agnostic Canadian. That track is the is the acronym. Uh, I'm on the right track. Okay, I got to stop now. I'm gonna like end up managing this band. So the HVAC system. I got to be honest. I got to tell you, I'm surprised I've not gotten more emails about this over the I, years. I'm surprised we haven't gotten more emails about the lawn mowing service right yes. next door. Yeah, uh, that annoys me. Yes. Um, this is the first email I have ever received about this. And it, it is, it's been like a three-year thing in this building. We have tried to figure out ways that will not cost me out of my pocket thousands of dollars, okay? Um, we have tried to come up with ways to not make that happen and have yet to do so. But trust me, we're, 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 more, we're more annoyed by it than you are, Reese. And, and I am surprised. I've, now what's going to happen is, well, I wasn't going to say anything before, yeah. but mm. man, Reese has got a point. It's you annoying. Haven't, you haven't had a cough drop on air in a while. No, I have not. Perhaps we it, should you know, go down that I, road. I totally, missed, I totally missed allergy season this year. I, I, I wonder if, it, you know what, that coronavirus cured strokes, cured heart attacks, and now apparently it cured allergies. I, I totally missed allergy season this year. So I, didn't, I did not have my, my twice a year in the spring and then late in the fall. Sinus infection that requires the uh, uh, from from allergies that requires the cough drop. I, I didn't have that this year. I don't. I, I'm always amazed at the things that distract people. I, I and I'm not, I'm not saying this as a criticism. I just I I'm not so afflicted. I yes. Yeah, so I, I, I mean I don't understand why people just can't. But no, know, it's stay focused on what we're talking about around here. <laughs> That's like the, the just that kicking in is yeah. is a thing. I mean I I. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm Zen or something. Betty asks, where are the elderly who were in the nursing homes and then went to the hospital with COVID? Where were they supposed to go when they were discharged from the hospital? Betty, that's a good question. But with all due respect, I think it is the wrong one. See, this dilemma should have never occurred. 
we should have never had to ask ourselves what to do. Because the reason those elderly were discharged was to clear room for hundreds of thousands of intubations and ventilators. Meaning it wasn't done, it wasn't, this this move was not done because, ah, oh, all these people are healed, uh, send them home. No, it was done because these people aren't dying, get them out of here because we're going to have all kinds, we're going to have people dying in the hallways. All right, we're going to have, I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be bed intruder coronavirus style. Okay, we're going to coronavirus everybody up in here. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide them all, hide them all. Okay, everyone's going to have it, and they and it's going to look like the friggin' stand, man. People just dying in hallways, and that's why they did it. So, if if your question is to imply. What were they supposed to do with all those elderly in that situation? That was a tough call. You're correct. You're correct about that. But my argument would be that call never had to be made. The question should be, in my view, why were the models believed? Well, let me rephrase this. Why was one model believed? If, I, that's, if I've made one mistake this whole time, I should not have spoken models plural. Because when it came to our policy, two models were believed the entire time. One of them disgraced itself in a week. When Neil Ferguson, after being put on, put on camera, said to the UK, yeah, I, I, I way overestimated this. But the model that led to our hospital policy, there was just one. The IHME model. From the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It convinced all these governors they needed to do this. Why did these governors... Just take this at face value. Someone comes to me. I own a business. Todd, you come to me and say, Steve, we're going to go out of business unless you do something incredibly dramatic so that there's not really a good choice here, right? You come to me and say, we're either going under or you've got to do something that really you don't want to have to do as a business owner to stop that from happening. Now, I trust Todd with every word I write. Whether it's a book, whether it's my columns, I run everything through Todd to get his take on it. Everything. I let him even sit to the right of me and it is very hard to get to my right. Okay? And not be in prison. <laughs> All right? All that being said, though, I've entrusted a portion of my own livelihood to Todd. If you were to come to me with such a, a dire lady or the tiger scenario, I am going to want to vet your decision-making process before I just instantly commit to one of these options because neither one of them are good. I'm going to want to know, is there a way, is, there, is there's got to, I got to make sure there's not another way to address this situation other than do I... And my, other than, do we go extinct or do I blow off a vital limb? I'm going to want to know, is there another way out there? I'm going to probably get a second opinion. I'm going to probably take what you brought to me to, you know, I've got a, I've got a board of elders, basically, that oversee me. I'm going to take it to them, okay? And I mean, I, they let me make the decisions because they know that I will ultimately counsel with them before I do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I'm not just going to run, as much as I trust what you do for me every day, if you present to me this sort of dire choice, I'm going to want to know before I have to make a choice I really don't want to make one way or the other. I'm going to want to know that that's the only choice I have, right? 
Yeah, and part of the reason is, is because you know who and what you are when you accept that that's the choice, you go all in. Right. I mean, you won't, but I, I know I'm not going to have acid. So if I'm all in, I need to know it's worth exactly. going all in. Exactly. And, and it, it's got to be all in, given what you're telling me is at stake Correct. here. Your doctor. You have a, do you have a family physician, somebody you guys have trusted for years? No. No? Okay. Uh, Aaron, do you have do you have one? Maybe somebody you go see? I do, yeah. Okay. He comes to you and says, dude, I, I, I think there was a lump on your scrot, man. Okay. I think it's cancer. Yep. And it's terminal. All right. Are you going to be like, all right, well, that sucks. So how much time do I have, Doc? What are you going to probably want to get after you get a diagnosis like that? Uh, second opinion. Yeah. And, and this is the exact same, if I could interject sure. here, this is the exact same um, scenario that I actually presented back in probably early April on Twitter a, a couple of times, which is, I think it's more akin to something that's relatively common. Let's say you've got uh, something like maybe uh, maybe a spot from sunburn on your arm that you need to get checked out because it might be cancerous. But instead, your physician says uh, that might be cancerous. It's time to uh, it's time to cut your arm off to make sure it doesn't spread. That's when you're going to go say uh, that doesn't sound quite right. Let me go get a second opinion on this because that's what this was. This was a virus, a coronavirus. We've dealt with coronaviruses for uh, for decades at least, for probably hundreds and hundreds of years now. We've dealt with viruses in general throughout all of human history as well, and essentially. Instead of the regular, let's go get a biopsy on that little, uh, on the little spot on your arm, and then we'll see if it's cancerous, precancerous, if it's benign, what have you. Instead, the solution from the experts, the smart set, the IHMEs, and the Imperial College of the Worlds, instead of let's let's wait for this, let's get a little bit more information. It was we need to cut your arm off. Yes, that's what that was. That's exactly right. So, so Betty or anybody else, don't give them that benefit of the doubt. The question that needs to be asked is. Why didn't you vet? Why didn't you further flesh out or get a second opinion? Because I've given you tons of contrary. There were tons of expert contrarian opinions to this day one. Day one. To tons your surprise. Of experts. Yes. Day one, there were tons of experts who said, uh, I've got to call BS. No, this is dumb. From day one. So what made all these people say, hey, your only solution is to potentially reinfect thousands upon thousands upon thousands of our elderly because you're going to have hundreds of thousands on ventilators instead with a virus that you didn't hear of a month ago. And when I even say it out loud, it sounds dumb, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it just sound dumb out loud? You would, you, you, have, you don't have enough common sense that you'd be like, so let me get this straight. My options you're telling me with something that a month ago you, that y'all told me was not a big deal is I got to kill 50,000 grandpas in order to st- stop 150,000 people from dying in the hospitals or the hallways. Again, of a virus that you told me a month ago wasn't a big deal. Guys, you know I'm the governor of a state and like 20 million people live here, right? I mean, I just... I, 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 you guys get your story straight. I'm going to be over here, uh, you know, doing my job. Come to me when your stories are straight. Because I, I wouldn't that be common sense? Well, you would think if we weren't a you failed would think state. If we weren't a failed state, indeed. Where, I mean, what do you, what does Todd mean with a failed state? The normal policy. See, here's how politics should work in a healthy society. 
When faced with such a terrible ordeal, the way politics should work is the corruption should work the other way. The corruption should be, you're Ari Melber or whatever that guy's name is on MSNBC. These are peaceful protests. Well, he's not wearing a mask and the building behind him is exploding. Peaceful protests, these guys really, I mean, they just want to have their voices be heard. That's how the corruption should work. Like your politicians should be lying to you that it's really not that serious because I don't want this crap occurring on my watch, right? Sure. That's what should be had. The corruption should work that way. It should be like, you sh the corruption should be like the Jonah Hill gif. Not while I'm here, it's not. Coronavirus wrecked them, barely knew them anyway when the Yanks opened up spring training. Th because that's how, that's how the corruption should work the other way. Like, you know, in past eras, they didn't tell you Agent Orange was bad. And, and, and it was okay to give LSD to the general population. That's how the corruption should work. In a healthy culture, when corruption happens, they lie to you that things really aren't as bad as they typically, as they really should be. <laughs> All right? We didn't do that. Our politicians are like, hot damn, the end of the world's going to happen on my watch? I want to own that. Yeah! Yeah! They got hulked up. Said their prayers, ate their vitamins. They're like doing leg drops off the top rope. Yeah! They're like going, giving Rick four whoos! Yeah! Yeah! If this is the apocalypse and I get to manage it, I cannot wait! That poop ain't right. Alright, be honest. Have you lost that fight with the quarantine 15 the last few months? Well, now that the warmer weather is here, it's June on Monday, right? So let's let's hit the reboot and make June the new January. You can even start early this weekend if you want to do that. With doctor-developed Riduzone, it's an excellent way to curb cravings for the fattening foods that derail your discipline. Backed by two U.S. patents, Riduzone is the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster while burning stored fat and reducing your calorie intake. So Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings because it's often not what you're eating, but how much of it you're eating. Okay. Now, every time I say that disclaimer, if, Hey Steve, I'm only eating 2000 calories like the FDA says, but they're all Milky Way bars. That's, that's okay. That's dumb. Don't be dumb. Okay. All right. So it's, unless you're doing that or 2000 calories of trans fats, don't be dumb. Unless you're that dumb, it's often not what you're eating, but how much. So get your cravings and portion sizes under control. Go to Riduzone.com. That's the only place you can get Riduzone. At R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. And use my name, Steve, as the promo code to get 65% off your order. Six, up to 65% off your order. Plus, they'll throw in the free shipping at Riduzone.com. Promo code Steve. Let's get back to your notes. I'm going to get through as many of these as we can because we are way backlogged in the inbox. Nancy Fredericks writes, no one is addressing the thing everyone with elderly people in their family are well aware of. Hospitals are under tremendous pressure financially to kick Medicare patients out before three nights spent in the hospital because greater than two nights means Medicare pays for 30 days at the nursing home. This is the habit hospitals and doctors have been in the last several years. And I wonder how this may have figured into these disastrous decisions to place COVID-19 elderly in nursing homes if they have nowhere else to go. Secondly, the way nursing homes are staffed makes it makes it completely impractical and in, to to in, to really sequester any admission to the nursing home because 
anybody's COVID-19 positive or exposed. It's the most intimate staff patient contact, and the staff are always shorthanded and underpaid. This COVID-19 crisis exposes severe problems with the way we treat our elderly and the infirm in our society. It is no coincidence that euthanasia has become a cause celeb in the progressive ranks. It will be vying for our attention with the tragedy of abortion imminently. How our elderly have been treated is almost a test case for how far the necromancers can push us. Yeah. But here's what publicly or privately funded as it currently stands. We still have a fundamentally the same problem in both cases as it applies to healthcare in general and uh, specifically healthcare pertaining to the elderly. It isn't human. It just isn't. We just find it very similar to uh, people. view schools fundamentally uh not as places of education but basically what we need to do to place our kid in a place when both mother and father are working so we just don't really think about many of the things concerning the education the same is true about you know mom mom and dad got to go somewhere else i mean it's just getting too much and they're in our kind of getting in our way and ruining our vibe there's a there's a lot of that going on none of which is fundamentally human and caring about people at every stage of their life who are created in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, we, we witness this all the time and we talk about it in kind of an esoteric type of way with the exception of, of the abortion debate. But this is what, this is what um, Darwinian evolution or Darwinism actually looks like carried out. They're just carrying their worldview mm-hmm. to its logical conclusion of survival of the old people, all people, young people. No, it's just survival of the fittest, those who those who are most likely to actually carry on. There's no there's no surprise that the people who care the least about life at the beginning would give two figs about life at the end or near the end. That should not surprise you whatsoever right because they're as helpless in some cases not all cases but they're as helpless especially once you get towards the end of your life you can you need a lot of help just like a a baby needs a lot of attention and a lot of help as well so it should not surprise you that this that this is happening and there seems to be very little outrage about it Charles in Colorado says, I'm a lifelong Republican, but an early self-proclaimed never Trump guy. Shortly after I made this proclamation, I was excoriated by my friends on the right and subsequently accepted by those on the left, even though I didn't really believe in a lot of their views. But over the course of three years, I slowly sunk into a more leftist ideology and my hatred for Trump became more and more significant as I watched predominantly CNN. In the third week of March fully complying to the stay-at-home orders and the guidelines by the White House, I watched Lester Holt followed by more terror on cable news. It hit me in a moment of truth that this just was not right. The next morning, I searched for an alternative and turned on Blaze Radio, and then I discovered you guys' show. In one hour, the folly of my thinking had surfaced, and I was exposed to how far away from my own principles I had fallen. Over the next several days, you challenged me to re-examine my own beliefs. I've listened every day, feel like I'm back home. Thank you for your worldview on the issues, encouraged to speak strongly. Um, and uh, when it comes to Trump, I've, I'm, I'm kind of confused And every day I continue to be more and more concerned, but I'm not going back to the left of center. And I feel more and more like my original instincts were correct. Uh, But I do pray for the president every day. Charles, thank you. That's 
That's why we do what we do. The reality, I think it was Molly Hemingway penned this expression. Absolute never Trumpism corrupts every bit as much as absolute always Trumpism does. You know why that's true, by the way? It's not because it's, it's about Donald Trump. It's because both are idolatry and idolatry corrupts. The idolatry of your favorite sports team, the idolatry of the relationship that you think you can't lose, and so you change your entire identity and morality to keep and hold on to it. Whatever, whatever that is that you do that for, that is corrupting. Donald Trump is not uniquely corrupting. He's just uniquely revealing because you have a the combination of power and, and celebrity we've never seen in one person really in American history. He was already one of the most prominent celebrities in our culture before he was given all this power at the same time. We've never seen anything like it from that perspective. So that's why it's more revealing. More people are willing to engage because of the, the prominence of his persona. But the reality is the, 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 the disease is old. It's the oldest disease in the world, the disease of our own idolatry. Nicole writes, my husband and I have been in the hospitality industry for 17 years. We're both in upper management, work for the same hotel chain. We were both furloughed in March. Um, but uh, I got the call to go back to the hotel a few weeks ago. Um, I work at a beautiful resort in San Antonio that had closed its doors right in the middle of what was supposed to be a busy spring break. So I went back to work to prepare the resort to reopen, and we just reopened our doors. Check-in time isn't until 4 p.m., but we had our first family arrive at 9 a.m. this morning. We welcome them with open arms, as we've, all, as we've always done. I'm in marketing, so I don't typically interact with the guests a lot, but I was walking around the grounds this morning to review signage and ran into them on their way to the pool. Again, I welcome them, feeling weird. It was uh, feeling, feeling really weird that I was wearing a mask outside, because my company asked me to, and said how happy we were to have them. The excitement on their two little girls' faces was so amazing. I walked away in tears. I'm actually still tearing up while I write this. Thank you to that family and everyone else who's visiting us for Memorial Day weekend. It's, it's going to be different. I'm just proud to be doing this and welcoming guests to start traveling again. That's from Nicole. It goes back to the note we had from the little girl earlier. We're not survival rights. And if anything good can come of this, you know, all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes, right? If anything good can come of this, it's that I think we've been reminded that some of the things like Nicole writes about here and that little girl, Emma wrote that note about earlier. We've been taking those things for granted. And that that's, that's, those are the things we're really having these arguments for the freedom and Liberty to enjoy those simple pleasures in life that freedom and Liberty afford. Do you remember how exciting it was when you guys went to a hotel and your parents took your hotel as a kid and had a pool with a slide, right? I mean, it was just, I mean, you thought you won the lottery. I, I think We've been so spoiled with a lot of those things because of the success of this country. And I hope if there's anything good that comes out of this, having those things taken away, like I'm going to go see a movie I've seen, I've seen Raiders of Lost Ark 75 times. I'm going to go see it again tomorrow. And normally I'd be like, I've seen that movie a million times. Yeah, I don't, I'll find something else to do. I'm so excited to get out and go see it tomorrow because something that I took for granted was kind of taken away. And so if anything good comes of this, I hope it's that we realize the things we've taken for granted, that they can be taken away, and therefore we need to fight hard to hold on to them in the future. Neil writes, herd immunity is a law of nature, not a policy or a belief. And that is exactly right. That's science. Nope. Whether it's the president saying this or our progressive uh, opponents, uh, well, that's your theory. It's not a theory. 
I, I know you live, you lefties live in a world where gender's a theory. Not a theory, though. Okay? That's your Xanadu. Don't inflict, I'm not letting you inflict your psychosis upon me. I got enough of my own issues, but thanks. Without yours. Okay? Herd immunity is a law of nature. Neil is exactly correct. See, I'm, I, I want to say, I'm just not, I, 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 I'm just not in favor of gravity, Steve. Just not in favor of it. I would urge you then, when we're done here today, just give me a warning, because I want to have your replacement lined up. Okay. Although it's going to be easier now with the 40 million people unemployed to, to replace you than it was True, a few months ago. Yeah. But go ahead. I invite you to find a tall building and test your, 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 the sincerity of your belief. It's like I always say to the people yeah. that say, um, you know, um, uh, I, 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 we've got too many, too many people in the world. Start with you. Show me. Convince me of your own. Of, of, convince me of the sincerity of your conviction that there are too many people in this world and we're overpopulated. Start with yourself. And then I'll listen from there. I'd urge you the same thing. If you think gravity is a theory, I give it a shot. I can't do it, though, until everybody agrees with me. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a subsidy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Funny how that works. Maria writes, why doesn't someone do a serology, that's an antibody test, for all the grocery store employees, all the Home Depot employees, all the people that have been working in, with the public throughout this entire debacle? Why aren't they all sick and dying? Yes. Why, why isn't Lowe's every day I drive by Lowe's? I have one of the Lowe's here in town to get here to the, uh, to the office from my house. So I've made that drive every day, every weekday, this entire shutdown. The parking lot at Lowe's at 10.15 central time in the morning is freaking packed. Every day. Every day it's been packed. I would assume that's because you're just dropping off your dead bodies there and they're burning them out back. Is that what's going on, you think? No. It's like... It's like apocalypse now. I love the smell of napalm in the right. morning, they don't Robert hand, Duvall. They don't hand you a mask when you go into Lowe's. They hand you a red bandana and a gun. It's got one bullet in it in, in, in the chamber. All right, you guys just, they're just sitting there, Christopher Walken style, just spinning it and pointing it at each other. That's what's going on at Lowe's apparently, right? Yep, Western no? music as you walk in the door. It's just. <laughs> yes. I gave you a little, I know this one of your favorite movie references, oh, yes. so I gave you that shout oh, yes. out. Oh, yes. Yeah. Spencer writes, in, I'm writing in regards to the face mask. I'm trying to figure out how people demand companies to require masks because it makes them feel safer at ease. Why can't they just decide I won't shop there and no one needs to know why? Why make a big scene about why you won't shop at the store and just why cause a commotion? Because you're not Karen, Spencer. That's why. Karen believes it is her lot in life to cause a commotion. You need her commotion. You wouldn't know how to live your life, Karen believes, without Karen's very special kind of commotion. That's number one. The other issue here is tort. Uh, these companies are worried about getting sued. I think it just comes down to those two things. Definitely the latter. Absolutely. Although I don't know what happens now. Like I said earlier, now that the World Health Organization is telling everybody you don't have to wear masks, they're not helping you anyway. I don't know. I, my mind is so blown by that right now. I'm my, like, I'm like, I'm like contemplating going out to Costco and buying 500 masks. When we leave here, I don't, I don't know what to do right my, now. I'm, 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 my head's going to explode with that. I don't know what to do. My brother works in car dealership business and they, they tried there to go. Uh, they stay, they were, well, they were essential. They, they stayed open uh, most of the time. Uh, they, they didn't want to close down and they didn't want to uh, do masks, but people of their own volition coming to buy cars from them mm -hmm. multiple weekends in a row wrote 
emails threatening to turn them in because they wouldn't wear the mask. <laughs> they, they're coming there willingly. They don't. Yeah. This is not even grocery shopping. You don't have to buy right. a car now. Right. They they go there. The Karens turn them in. So finally, they just said, oh, "Guys, we got to wear the mask." I just because I, it's it's insane. All those people need their asses kicked. Oh yeah. That's yeah. something I can you can say here that I can't say on yes. Twitter. But all those people, they really need an ass whooping. It would to the, and and they trust me, trust me. They they thank us for it after. I think it, uh, later on they would be like, you know what, you're right. I needed that. Ray Fava says, riddle me this: if the government can print unlimited money, why are we still paying taxes? Ray, uh, you hate old people and you're a racist, Ray. Uh, but thank you. Here, here. Andrew Malloy says, I must admit, I am very impressed with how smart the COVID-19 virus is. It doesn't contaminate you at Walmart, Target, Costco, supermarkets, Home Depot, Lowe's, liquor stores, convenience stores, gas stations, etc. But it will sure get to you if you go to church, hair salons, nail salons, restaurants, and other small businesses. And don't forget public land, fishing, beaches, and camping with plenty of fresh air. Tricky little virus. It's a vengeful god. It's- <laughs> Do you notice all the stories, particularly from the hill? I don't know. I don't Should we get call it. this the, 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 the big box store virus? Yes, particularly from the hill. I don't know why, but all of the stories for when, when those states started to, to, to open up, like the day before they'd open up, huge spike in cases as Texas prepares to reopen. Huge spike in cases as Florida prepares to reopen. It's like, wow, man, this virus is a vengeful god destroying people's Just lives. Just sitting around waiting for you to open. At, for, yeah, yes. threat, at the mere threat of you reopening it's starting to infect more people but then abc news thought they were going to get their panic porn and they studied the 28 yeah. 21 states that have that have the most aggressively reopened and you know what they found after studying them for three full weeks yeah i i, I do know can i can i say this absolutely actually? you can yeah uh, they're not rioters they're protesters is that right no no they found no spike in new cases hospitalizations or deaths in any of the 21 states that are reopening mm. that they surveyed you, none of them all of this in that email. You know what reminds me of? This is that great Seinfeld episode. Do you remember where they did a spoof of the uh, of JFK with the magic bullet theory? But it, I can't remember. It had to do with like somebody spitting out food. and Like Roger McDowell, the former Mets pitcher, was the guy on the grassy knoll pier. It was hilarious. But it just made... And Jerry Seinfeld is ultimately... The, 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 he's the, the attorney in it all. And he's proving how magical whatever this this piece of uh food was that apparently took out so many people that coronavirus is making me believe in four-dimensional chess i mean look at all the things we have got to believe now yeah yeah i mean i i don't truck drivers i mean god bless you guys you're the reasons we get to have the stuff and the amazon fulfillment and everything but a lot of you ain't svelte right right how come they're not dying all over the place? Because we're told obesity is a big issue, right? We're going to stick around. Do our best and worst of the week uh, for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We'll see you again on Monday, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.